What's up, peeps? How we doing out there? Welcome back to Fiction or Nah. This is your boy KJ. We out here. I'm sorry I had to upload this episode a day late this week because yesterday I was dealing with the fact that I am celiac and uh, I had some gluten. So there was no way I was going to be recording anything. I was jacked all the way up. I was in so much pain. That's a story for another day, though. So last week, the story was called Baker Village Garden. And, uh, yeah, you guys, um, my wife guessed it. It was fiction. I wrote that story. There was nothing true about that story. And if there is something true about this story, please send that link towards me so I can see it. I want to read the real story. But, yeah, I made it up off the top of my head on the spot. It was completely fiction. Um, But did you figure out? What was happening at the house in the garden? If you haven't figured it out, I'm not going to tell you unless you ask me on Twitter. <laughs> you got to ask me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at Epic Rain KJ. And if you ask me, then I'll let you know what was really happening at the garden because there's a deeper story to it. As far as what was going on with the victims. Um, so. Yeah, fiction. That was that was fiction. Now it's time to move into the next story. <gasps> of fiction or no? John had planned it perfectly. He was absolutely ecstatic about his big day. He knew that when his daughter finally made it in to visit him, he would be able to finally experience a sense of relief that he hadn't felt in a decade. Freedom would be euphoric. As he waited for his daughter Bonita to take a seat in front of him, his hands began to sweat. He began to fidget in his seat. His heartbeat had become rapid. Bonita sat down in front of her dad and smiled widely. She picked up the phone and tapped on the glass with it gesturing to her dad to pick up the other phone. Hey, sweetheart, John said. Hey, Dad, Bonita responded. How are you, Bunny? I'm good. You? I'm, uh, I'm a little nervous. Not sure anymore. It's gonna be okay. You don't have to worry. The plan's perfect. A guard walked by Bonita as she leaned in closer to the window. You'll be free, and you'll get to live with us again. It's going to be awesome, she whispered. John mirrored her movement and whispered. But I'm worried about you, Bonnie. Bonita fell back in her seat and laughed. The guard walked over. We keep this room down below six decibels, ma'am, the guard said, pointing at the weird audio meter gauge on the wall. Sorry, Bonita replied. It's okay. The guard walked away, but Nita looked at her dad and smiled again. I'll be fine, Dad. They can't keep me here. It's for men, she said matter-of-factly. But they can move you to a woman's prison, John said. It's fine, Dad. Relax. You can do this, 
We can do this. Okay, mija. Okay. Okay. Ready? John nodded. Bonita stood up and scooted her chair in from the table. She walked toward the door where the guard stood waiting for her. He opened the door for her, and just before she stepped through the door, she collapsed to the floor and started convulsing. John stood up from his chair on the other side of the glass and started yelling, Help her! The guard got on his radio and called to the infirmary before picking Bonita up and running to the doctor with her. The guard ran into the doctor's office and laid Bonita down on the bed. Looks like a seizure, the guard said. Ah, Hank, you should have left her on the floor and gone through the steps, the doctor said. I know, but it happened so fast, you know. I knew I could get her to you. Gonna have to go through that training again, you know, the doctor asked as he turned beneath his head to the side. Foam fell from her mouth and onto the pillow. Her eyes were rolled back into the back of her head. The doctor monitored the seizure for five minutes before giving her a shot. Benita lost all consciousness. The doctor decided it would be best to monitor her heart as she slept, so he hooked her up to the heart monitor. He called in the nurse and left the office to do paperwork. Back in his cell, John was pacing the small, cold room and mumbling to himself. After a while, Hank showed up at his cell door and placed cuffs on him before taking him to see his daughter. Bonita was still unconscious in the bed, the heart monitor beeping slower and slower, less and less in rhythm. May I have a few minutes alone with her, Hank? You can leave the cuffs on me. I'm not going to try anything. Don't tell nobody about this, but... Yeah, of course, man. Five minutes. Hank and the nurse stepped out of the doctor's office, closing the door behind them. You sure he's going to be okay in there? He has a lot of things he can grab for weapons, the nurse said. He'll be fine. John's never done anything wrong in here, and he's getting out in a few months. Plus, he's always alone in the kitchen and the library. He'll be fine. I'm going to let him be with his daughter. Okay. John stood next to his daughter. He turned and looked back at the door. He reached into his daughter's sock and pulled out a small metal hook. He worked the hook into the cuff's keyhole until they clicked and fell off. He rubbed his wrist for a second before reaching into his daughter's pants legs and pulling out a wig and a rubber mask. He put the mask on right away, which was slightly difficult to do since he was sweating so much. He slid the glasses off Bonita's face and put them on as well. He then took a syringe from her pocket and jammed it into her thigh. Bonita woke up with a gasp. After a few seconds of heavy breathing and composing herself, she took off her shirt and swapped shirts with her dad. She slid her jeans off, revealing a pair of leggings underneath. John took his gray prison-issued pants, or grays, off and slipped Bonita's jeans on. She put the grays on. Lastly, he put on the wig. Ready, Dad? Bonita asked him quietly. John nodded as his daughter smiled at him. She held a lighter up to the sprinkler system, and the entire prison immediately sounded the fire alarms spraying water everywhere in the office as well. Bonita snatched off her wig, revealing a shaven head, and shoved it down her pants. Hank burst into the room, yelled, Nurse! She's awake! and ran out of the room, escorting Bonita to John's cell. 
He didn't even question the missing handcuffs. The nurse ran into the soaking room and escorted John out of the room and into the cafeteria. The alarm stopped. Let me get the doctor and then... John responded and turned to walk toward the exit. Well, at least stop and get your purse from the front desk. It's okay, John said. I don't use a purse. Oh, okay. Well, have a good day. Mm-hmm, you too. John waved as he hurried toward the door. He looked back at the officers at the front desk. They buzzed the door, allowing him to walk out. He stepped outside and immediately fell in love with the way the free air smelled. He walked hurriedly to the bus stop, but was stopped in his tracks as an officer approached him. Hey, ma'am, Officer Thomas said. John did his best impression of a shy girl giggle. Thomas frowned subtly. John cleared his throat and said, Hi. Thomas walked up to him. Isn't your dad, John? Yes. Excited he's getting out in a few months, I bet. Mm-hmm. Thomas studied John's rubber face. He squinted his eyes. John looked at him. All right, well, I'll be seeing you. Good luck to you and your dad, Thomas said, and watched John for his response. John nodded and said, Thank you, officer. Thomas grabbed John by the arm and walked him back into the building. He took out his camera and made John strip all his clothes off before finally making him remove the mask. Come on, John. You had, what, four months or so? John grunted. Got nothing to say, huh? I got something to say. How'd you know? Thomas laughed. John, you were talking to me and your lips weren't even moving. One of your eyes was half covered by the mask. The neck part of your mask was sticking up out of your shirt. John let out a big breath. And even with all that, you probably would have gotten by me, but... John looked Thomas in the eyes. Damn it, John. Your fly was open. So you tell me. Is it fiction or no? Tune in next week to find out the answer. Welcome back to the episode. This week on writing, we are going to start a small series called Building the Protagonist. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have two, maybe three episodes where the writing segment will be about building a protagonist. And what we're going to do is we're going to actually build a protagonist. I have my notebook here. I haven't written anything in it pertaining to this yet. Um, I got a pen. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a protagonist with you and I'm going to take you through how I do it. Sorry for the notebook paper turning. I wasn't prepared for the turning of the page. Okay, so let's start with the physical. Next week, we'll move on to um, to the mental or the personality. But this week, we're going to focus on the physical. We're just going to build the protagonist. We're not going to go deep into it, you know, saying what this means or that means. We might. Actually, a little bit. But this is just the physical aspect of the protagonist. Let's build one together. I want you guys to take notes um, so you can build this same protagonist with me. Okay? I want you to build the exact same protagonist. Even if you're experienced as a writer, 
Um, you've written books that have sold copies and stuff like that. Even if you've done that, let's still do this together. Okay. It never hurts to get a little exercise in, you know, the brain is, is, is a muscle too. It needs work. Okay. It needs, it needs to exercise. Got to flex. All right. So let's start with our protagonist. The name of our protagonist is going to be, let's just go with a simple name like, um, you know what? Let's take it from the story this week. Let's call him John. So his name is John, right? J-O-N, John. Um, he's going to be six feet tall. And we're writing all these down, we're writing down all the information pertaining to how he looks, right? Can't have a mental picture of him unless you have what he looks like. So he's six feet tall. He is 200 pounds, which means he has some muscle on him. Um, and if he doesn't have muscle, then he could perhaps have like a, a beer gut or something. But we're going to go with muscle. He's muscular. Let's go with that. Right. OK, so we got that down now. Let's go with um, skin color. What color is John? I'm a black guy, you know, so we're going to go with John being brown skin. He's brown. He's like the color of. And uh, he's the color of. Cardboard, let's go with a cardboard brown, right? Can't really explain that brown, but it's it's brown. Cardboard brown is almost my skin color, honestly. But I, I'm usually more of a peanut butter. Right now, I'm kind of like chocolatey peanut butter because we walk every day and my skin has been tanned. But yeah, so he's six feet tall, 200 pounds, muscular. Skin color is cardboard brown. For some reason, I wrote down card brown. <laughs> cardboard brown so then from there we can go with um his hair what kind of hair does john have john john is gonna have long hair it's gonna be long um straight hair long straight hair so he out here looking like boosy collins or something long straight hair he got the perm you know cat williams um yeah. What's his eye color? John's eye color. Let's make it some let's make it a color that you wouldn't expect. John's eye color is hazel. Let's go with hazel eyes. John got hazel eyes, man. I know the women like them hazel eyes, man. <laughs> Alright, so look at John. Let's see if you can start getting a mental picture of him, right? He's John, six feet tall, 200 pounds, muscular. Skin color is cardboard brown, long, straight hair, hazel eyes. What's next, you may ask? Well, does John have facial hair? I would say he does. John has facial hair. We're going to just make it stubble. Stubble. He got stubble facial hair, right? No full mustache, not a full beard. Stubble. He's all stubble. Kind of like um, Ryan Reynolds, you know, that kind of stubble, where it's just like barely anything there, but you can see it. Um, then we go with, see, if you, if you want to go really deep, you can go really deep. Um, does he have full lips? Yeah, he got full lips. John walking around here with full lips, man. I had to make him in my own image somewhat. Um, 
What about his nose? There are so many different noses in the world. It's like, what? But for me, I kind of feel like the nose isn't important when it comes to making an appearance for a character because, you know, are you really going to spend time explaining somebody's nose? Unless the nose is important, you really don't need to explain the nose. So I don't really think the nose matters. Now, the lips might matter because when somebody's attracted to a person, lips usually come into play. So if John's going to have a love story at some point, then you definitely have to have, um, you definitely have to have his lips in there. You know, you don't walk around saying, oh, you got a sexy nose. <laughs> no, you say you got some sexy lips. You know, that was cringy, I know, but you get it. So, yeah, John is six feet tall, 200 pounds, muscular, cardboard, brown skin, long, straight hair, hazel eyes, stubble facial hair, full lips. Does John have big feet, big hands? Nah, he doesn't. He has average size feet. He has average feet. So he's 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 rocking a size 12. He's rocking a size 12. Six feet tall, size 12. It's, it's pretty good, pretty close. Um, average size hands as well. So then, what's left? What's left? We got everything. We got everything. As far as, like, his body, we got it. Um, we don't need to go into anything that's underneath the clothes unless you're writing erotica, which is nothing wrong with that. You know, people love to read that stuff, too. Um, I don't ever really read it, but would I be opposed to it? I mean, I have read one book before um, by Zane. So, you know, sometimes you got to put it in there. You, you got to say what it is, but we ain't going to go into all that. Um, so, yeah, those are his physical attributes. Um, as far as his body is concerned. But then when you say physical, you also have to take into account, does he like to wear hats? Does he wear T-shirts? Does he wear suits? Is he that kind of, what, what kind of person is he, right? We're not going to say suits. I was tempted. I was very tempted. But if I said a suit, he would just look like John Wick, but black. So no, we're not going to do that. So we're going to go with John likes to wear hoodies. Because yours truly likes to wear hoodies. He also likes to wear uh, fitted caps, right? Fitted caps, because you, again, yours truly likes to wear the fitted caps. Um, jeans or sweatpants? I'm going to say jeans. We're going to go jeans. Jeans. And then let's go with, for the shoes. Let's make him a, a, let's make him a Timberland boots guy. He's from New York. He's gonna rock Timberland boots, right? So now let's look at John, and I want you to tell me if tell me how can you tell me? I don't know, man. I'm so used to teaching. It's it's it's. I'm sorry. All right. So I want you to try to picture him in your head. As, as I read these off, his name is John. He's six feet tall, 200 pounds, muscular, cardboard brown skin, long straight hair, hazel eyes, and his hair is dark. All right. His hair, is, he's black. His hair is dark. He has dark hair. Hazel eyes, stubble, full lips, average feet size 12, average hand size. He likes to wear hoodies, 
fitted caps, jeans, and Timberland boots. What I've just done right now is created a character. If you really um, wanted to know what a character looked like, you know now. You know what John looks like. Like, you don't know his nose? You know what? Here, let's put his nose in, too. Just because. He has a average width kind of pointy nose. Kind of pointy. There. So you even got the nose. You got your whole character. That's your protagonist. There he is. He's standing in front of you. And for you artsy types out there. Oh, sorry. Hit the microphone. For you artsy types out there. Go ahead and uh, draw him. That would help even more. If you know how to draw even just a little bit. If you know how to draw people just a little bit. Drawing him will help you with this. Um, because then you don't you don't have to like look at a list of what he looks like. You can look at your page and be like, oh, okay, this. And, and it keeps you, and it also keeps you like inspired, motivated. I sometimes draw my characters because um, I like to draw. I'm probably going to be drawing at some point today. Um, but yeah, that's, that's our protagonist. Um, and I mentioned it just a split second earlier, but when you're creating your protagonist, sometimes the way they look can also represent something in their life or in the story. So let's say like John is going through um, a depression, right? So John's depressed. His stubble would then become more of a of a beard, but it would be like gruff. It would be just like ugly, you know, just like a bad looking beard. Um, and his hair would look unkempt instead of uh, just straight long. You know, it would it would be like. I don't know. It would it would it would be it would be naughty, you know. It would be long and it would be long and straight because that's what it is naturally. But it would still be naughty and greasy. You have to throw that in also, you know. Um, but yeah, that's our protagonist. We're gonna do this a step at a time. So I hope you took notes because next week we're gonna continue into his psyche, and then after that we're gonna build our our setting. We're gonna build our um our antagonist and we're also going to build the basically the sidekick to the protagonist because well i won't say sidekick because we might not do a sidekick in my stories the sidekick is usually like just as important as the protagonist and it's usually also the love interest so we're going to just do love interest because it matters what your protagonist looks like and acts like when it comes to your protagonist also when it, when it comes to your protagonist also oh words are hard when it comes to your protagonist's love interest also it matters okay so that's what we're going to do we're going to work up from here building our protagonist we're going to build our um going to build our setting then we're going to build our antagonist and then we're going to build our love interest for the protagonist and then at that point I don't care what you do with the characters when we're done. You can take the characters and make your own story with them. It's fine. I'm not, I don't own any of this character stuff right here. Okay. So whatever you learn here in the writing part of my podcast episodes, you can have it. I'm okay with it. Take it, run with it, 
just let me know what you did with it. I would love to see it. I like to read. So you could always tag me on Twitter at uh, Fiction or Naw. And uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'd love to see it. Just tag me with the with the hashtag of the podcast name, Fiction or Naw. You can do that at uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can hit me up on Facebook. I do accept messages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Everywhere. Even YouTube, you can hit me up in the comment section on one of my old videos on YouTube. I haven't posted anything in a while, but feel free. I'm still trying to work on what I'm going to be posting on YouTube. I don't know yet. Okay, so that's our protagonist. His name is John. And once again, let me rattle these off for you so you don't have to go back in the episode and and uh, try to figure out what I said in case you missed something. John. Name spelled J-O-N. Six feet tall, 200 pounds. Muscular, cardboard brown skin color, long, straight, dark hair, hazel eyes, dark stubble facial hair, full lips, average feet size 12, average hand size, likes to wear hoodies, fitted caps, jeans, Timberland boots. And his nose is average width, kind of (laughs) pointy. So, yeah, let's move on. So now let's dive on into the conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> so, because we've been having sheer devastation, travesties, you know, just disaster in our country over the last week, like those two mass shootings were just nuts. Okay? We cannot stand around and pretend like domestic terrorism doesn't exist. Okay. White supremacy exists. Domestic terrorism exists is not a fake thing. And we do need better gun regulation. Don't take the guns away, but we need way stronger regulations for the guns. Okay. Um, but all that aside, because this is not a political podcast, all that aside, we're going to talk about a conspiracy theory that circles around things like mass shootings, which is, Crisis actors. Um, in case you don't know, because you haven't been on the Internet very much lately or you uh, don't follow the conspiracy theory circuit like I do. Um, crisis actors are people who are implanted in different areas of the country when a disaster strikes um, because either the media or the government would like for them to be there to make things seem, you know, worse than what they were. Um, And sometimes events, they claim events don't even happen, but you implant these actors to pretend like a crisis happened. I don't know where it started or when it started, but uh, I watched a couple of videos on this and somebody was pointing out that there was this one lady who was at like, three or four different mass shootings. She was there and they were interviewing her, all of them. And it was weird because it was actually the lady. Like, unless somebody doctored the the video, which is very possible. I mean, I'm no expert when it comes to doctoring videos. But it was the lady. It was the same person. And she was there in different states. Like, how? Would you know, and and she was losing people at each one. Um, so I, for me, 
for me personally, I believe that, yeah, it's a thing um, by the media. I don't think the government's doing it, but I think the media is doing it. I think the media has has their own. Each company has their own batch of crisis actors who they send out to areas to get interviewed because how how do you know somebody's going to want to be interviewed when you send somebody when you send a reporter out to interview people how do you know there's anybody that's going to be there that wants to be interviewed when people have just died like none of these events are fake i'm not saying that at all people are actually mourning deaths but those mourning people don't want to talk so who's better to so who's who's the one who who's the one that's for sure going to talk when you go there somebody you hired to do so somebody you're paying to actually be on camera and speak into the microphone so i do believe that the media has people out there doing this um do i believe the government's doing it hell no the government's not doing this because why Government don't need crisis actors because all these events are real. People are dying. People are losing their lives. This is legit. Government has nothing to do with it. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully the government has nothing to do with it. I don't think they have anything to do with it. Um, I do think that things with the government allow these things to happen. Like these mass shootings, man. It's been crazy. You got to think about all the people that have lost their lives, right? To mass shootings that are hate crimes. Like these are straight up. These aren't just people who are walking in a random place, shooting up random people. These are people who are targeting specific people with manifest. They have manifestos telling you about who they are on the inside. So they are like white supremacists. They're extremists from different groups and stuff like that. But it's just crazy to me. It's crazy. The part of the conspiracy that's crazy to me is how people think that this thing is fake. Like, in order for you to think that this is fake, you really have to believe that these terrorists don't exist. Like, you really have to believe that. And, like, people will go so far to, to, to defend their party in, in politics. They would go so far as to post a picture and then take another picture and say that those two people are not the same person, like the shooter. I saw a picture on Facebook, and somebody was like, this is the shooter, and then this person who the police arrested is not the shooter because the pants are different. The pants were exactly the same, first of all. One person was in the shadows, the other person was in the sun. Like, <clears throat> it was the same person. You know what I'm saying? It was the same person, same guy, same guy. And... You know, it's crazy to me that when things like this happen, it's because the reason why these things uh, get muddied with the conspiracies is because people are so quick to be like, this didn't just happen. Like they don't their brains just don't want to believe it happened. And I get it because who wants to. Who wants to know that this happened? Like who 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 is sitting around like, ooh, a mass shooting happened. I hope it's real. Like, who, who does that? Nobody. So your brain doesn't want to do it. I get it. You don't want to believe that a mass shooting happened, that somebody was sick enough to go and kill people for no reason. Like a reason to them, maybe, but 
no real reason, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah. I also wanted to throw in another conspiracy. One that I firmly believe. Um, and this is Jeffrey Epstein, his suicide. Not a suicide. Jeffrey Epstein, like, it's so obvious because this dude, you could tell, first of all, a narcissist, okay? Maybe psychopath, sociopath, whatever. I ain't Shane Dawson. Can't tell you that. Um, he was definitely powerful. A lot of money. A lot of powerful friends. Dude wouldn't have spent the rest of his life in prison. He wouldn't have. He would have ended up out some kind of way. And even in prison, he would have been treated like a king by the prison. So don't give me any of that. He didn't want to be in prison. Nah, stop it. Stop it. Epstein was his problem. His problem, other than the fact that he was a sick bastard, was that he was friends with all the powerful people in the country. Like Epstein, like the power, like presidents plural um and other millionaires billionaires i'm sure like it, it was a crazy circle that he's that he was a part of so we gotta we gotta look at it like yo would this dude really kill himself or would he would he firmly believe that by giving up somebody that he doesn't really like he could get out early or he could get probation and be stuck in his house for the rest of his life come on we know he had plenty of people he could have gave up. We know that there are plenty of people out there who are perverts. We know this. We know this. And it's no, it's no, no uh, coincidence that the media turned their attention to Trump. And all of a sudden, Epstein's gone. The media turned their attention to Trump because Trump was cool with dude. And Trump likes him younger come out of his own mouth so yeah come on the president would be able to pull something off like that in a heartbeat and then he wants to back up the the conspiracy theory about it being clinton clinton's ain't got that much power i don't care what any extreme right-wing conspiracy theorist says the clintons ain't got that much power the clintons are dysfunctional <laughs> they're dysfunctional they don't have that much power to be just going around willy-nilly killing people especially people who are richer than them i'm sure epstein probably had more money than them but no they didn't no no stop it stop it the president would be able to pull something off like that easily a billionaire would be able to pull something off like that easily that's what happened to him I don't know if it was a guard that killed him or, you know, a prisoner or they had somebody come in visiting, air quotes, visiting and killed him. I don't know. But he was, that was the suicide. He got killed. Period. But that's all I got for conspiracy theories this week. Next week, I'm going to try to, um, I'm going to try something new with conspiracy theories next week to try to keep it in the same uh vain as the rest of the podcast i'm gonna try something new with conspiracies next week wish me the best guys because yeah 
It's going to be a lot of work being put into this thing. Um, but the podcast is just getting better and better and better. And that's my plan. I just wanted to continue to grow and get better and better production wise, stories wise, everything wise, wise, wise. You know what I'm saying? I want the podcast to get so much better, so much growth. And it all starts with you. What I need you guys to do for me, please, is to go on your Twitter, go on your Instagram, go on your Facebook and share, share, share. Let everybody know that I'm doing this thing over here because the listeners are who is important. Okay, I'll keep the motivation to keep going as long as you guys are listening. And the more the merrier. I want everybody to listen. Everybody come listen to the podcast. I got to stop doing that. I got to stop singing. Y'all be like, man, stop it. I love having listeners again on my podcast. It is exciting. I am happy. In case you can't tell, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I don't want to get copyrighted or anything. I don't know how copyrights work on podcasts, but I don't want that to happen here. I think you actually don't get copyrighted on podcasts. I'm pretty sure you don't get a copyright strike or anything like that. But anywho, I'm done. So I'm going to let you guys hit your boy up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, hashtag epic. Nope. That is a wrong thing to say. That is not for this one. That is not for this one. That is for YouTube. Hashtag fiction or no. <laughs> Hit me up in the DMs if you got something to say. If you want to leave an audio message, go on the free Anchor app and leave your boy an audio message. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Hit that star and also share with your friends. All right. We out here. Thanks for listening, guys. On to the next one. Deuces.